to Couple of Idiots, your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me, as always, is his wife, Penny. Well, that was a much better opening than our little test. <laughs> yes, it did sound much oh clearer. Oh my gosh, if that was, if we actually had that, for uh, those of you listening, it was, it was all, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can barely like croak it out. Jeez, it's worse than yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yesterday you started coughing right away. Yeah. Well, I, it was dry. My th- <laughs> my throat was too dry yesterday, too wet today. Tomorrow it'll be just right. Oh, yay. <laughs> so how are you doing today? Pretty good. How are you doing? Doing good. I know why you're good, because it's warm and sunny out, finally. Yes, it's quite warm for uh, beginning of November. It's like... Beginning of what month? November. December. Oh my gosh, that's right. It is the beginning of December. Uh. It's nearly the middle of December. Yes. Well, it's December 9th is what today is. And it's like 48 degrees out there. So that is quite warm for, for December. Yeah. Uh, still no snow on the ground here in Wisconsin. That's peculiar. By this time of year, there's used to be anyways when we were kids. There used to be snow, but not so much anymore. Yeah, when we were kids, man, I'm telling you. Just like, I don't know, anyone can really, in this area, can deny climate change. You know, maybe the cause, but like the change, we've seen it in our life. We simply don't have as much snow as we used to. Right, right. I don't need, you know, I don't need a scientist to go out and measure it every year to tell me that that's <laughs> happened. I can see it. You know, what's interesting is I remember when I was young, my grandma Shade had a picture of her and my grandpa. Now, he was tall. He was over six foot. Um, but there's a picture of him in the wintertime. He's got his arms straight up, and there's a snowbank behind him even taller. So even compared to then from when I was a kid, we had less snow. Yeah. So, it, and even now, yeah, it snows, and it might stay a week, and it gets warm, and it melts. Yeah, it turns, our snow also turns in that crusty, crappy, brownie snow pretty quickly. Yeah, so it's very rare that it snows and stays cold enough for the entire winter for it just to keep adding snow and getting deeper and deeper. It's yeah, it normally melts. just adds to the ice pack. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. The glacier that forms in our backyard <laughs> and slowly slides down the hill. Or in our driveway. Yeah, the driveway is even worse because that's shady. <laughs> All right, well, uh, none of that has to do with our uh, episode today. This is Season 4, Episode 11? 12. 12. Okay, I typed down 11. That didn't seem right. So, uh, Episode 12. Chris Angel is a douchebag. <laughs> and so real quick, we should probably explain for folks who Chris Angel is. He's famous for doing street magic. He's got a very, like, rock and roll um, show, I guess. I've never seen his, like, his Vegas show or anything. But that's what I get is kind of a rock and roll star. He's, he wears, you know, a lot of makeup, and uh, he's definitely got a look to him. Definitely. He's not your uh, typical illusionist. Well, he's your new generation illusionist. Even yeah, he's kind of his own little thing. Right. Even compared to David Copperfield, he's uh, much more modern. Oh, geez. Yeah, David Copperfield well, I always like used to watch Liberace David, compared to him. Well, yes. I mean, I always used to watch David Copperfield specials because they were always cool. They used to have yeah, them on TV. Yeah, they used to have those on every couple of years. Mm-hmm. They have for a while. They, I don't, you don't really don't see a magician special anymore. Of course, it's so hard on TV because just everything can be faked with a camera. And it's just like, I don't believe, you know, when you watch a TV magic show, I guess it's pretty late, lame nowadays. Right. Um, I think the last show they had, Mitch Pileggi hosted it. 
where they tried, oh, where they yeah. showed, like they had this masked magician where they showed how all these illusions are, are done. Yeah, a friend of the uh, show Supernatural, Mitch Pileggi. Yeah, Mitch. He, he was in it. Uh, yeah, that is about the last magic show. And that was, that one was kind of cool because I think it was kind of, just came on every couple of months or something. It wasn't like a weekly show, was it? Yeah, it was. I thought it was a special that they had on once no, in a while. Well, I, no, maybe you might, you might be right. Yeah, I thought that was a... Well, whatever it is. But, uh, well, yeah, what they did is they, they did the, the trick and then they did it step by step to show how the magician did the trick. So took all the mystery out of it. When I was a kid, um, David Copperfield or one of them recorded their special in northern Illinois, and a cousin of mine actually went to it, to the filming of it. And uh, what was funny is then we're at my house watching it, so he'd already seen all of it live, so we're watching it on TV, and then he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you see you see the stands full of people all around him? Those are all cardboard cutouts. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, it was because it was all back shadow and lit. Right. So it looked like people, and he's like, no, it was just like one audience area, then everything else was just filled with fake cardboard people just to fill out the camera shot and that was pre-covid <laughs> and probably also to make it look like there was people behind him when he's doing the tricks so you know it kind of adds so oh how did he do it if exactly. people were looking all around exactly exactly all right well let's get into this show uh we haven't even got to the recap yet the recap is all about sam's powers and then his decision not to use them Anything else? Um, no, I just put in then Ruby. Yeah, Ruby uh, talking about he knows what he needs to do to get to be to get his powers back, and she never says. So we don't like. Well, what the hell does Sam have to do? But he keeps saying, "No, no, I'm not going to do it." I'm like, okay. So then the episode starts, and I like this. We roll into town, and they you, they have the big banners right on the uh, streetlights, like you'd normally be driving through town to advertise. You know. Uh, something that was going on and it's just huge banners magic week in iowa so instantly like it sets the setting i i dug that right uh, i don't know you know it's pretty obvious once it gets into it but i just think it's nice so that it grounds the viewer uh it's going to be really hard for me to use uh this guy's show name i'm going to be <laughs> referring to barry boswick that's his name right yes his okay. show name is jay <laughs> Yeah, I know. In the show, his name is Jay. But we got Barry Boswick is playing Jay. He's at the bar uh, doing card tricks for the bartender. Some other uh, magician is sitting, like, at the uh, end of the bar. He's drunk. He's giving him crap. You know, saying he's old and washed up. Uh, Barry Boswick goes back to doing another card trick, and then this drunk guy's just like, look in his pocket, look up his sleeve, oh. and he just <laughs> walks over and ruins the trick for the guy, like pulls it out of his sleeve and asks the bartender, is this your card? <laughs> and so, you know, kind of bumming him out, leaving him sad, um, because the bartender even like tries to then defend him, <laughs> and then she like accidentally calls, calls Barry Boswick old. Yeah, she says, oh, come on, be nice to the old guy, or something like that. And then, yeah, the look on Barry Bostick's face is like, oh, crap, I am old. <laughs> yeah, just like, maybe I am a wash-up. <laughs> okay, and then we uh, we go to a fake Chris Angel on stage <laughs> doing a magic show. So do they ever, they do eventually say what this guy's stage name is, but y you can totally tell. That it's a, a guy that they've got, an actor that looks exactly like Chris Angel, dressed pretty much the same, 
rock and roll music. But he's on this small little Iowa stage. I mean, that's not where he's going to be playing now, but it was uh, it's clearly obvious. Right. His character's name was Jeb Dexter. Jeb. All right. Well, we'll get we'll get to more of Jeb here in a bit. Uh, but then, so we see a couple of old magicians. Uh, they're kind of sitting up in the audience, pretty sparse audience, by the way. And they're well, just, uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's because it wasn't the, his act. It was a rehearsal. Oh, okay. Um, and they're kind of, these old guys were kind of jaw jack and hating on this guy's, uh, act and they call him a douchebag. <laughs> Uh, Barry Boswick is talking. He's all sad and depressed, you know, like they're washed up. And, and his friends are like, oh, you're not talking about suicide again, are you? So <laughs> it's like, obviously, this guy's had some uh, mental health issues in the past as well. And uh, so I, is there anything else from there, really? I mean, it was just a bunch of old guys grumping about. Like his friends, you could tell. It was, right, it was him and his friends. Looks like they had been friends for a while, and they, I think they traveled together. Yeah, but pretty buddies. much, Yeah, pretty much, you know, oh, God, this guy's a douchebag. But, yeah, Barry Boss was like, well, this is the future. This is what magic is going to be from now on. And, yes, he did seem very depressed and kind of like he just wanted to crawl in a corner and die or something. So uh, then... We go to, by the way, this is a very long opening. Normally it's just one scene, and now already we're into scene three. Uh, we, Barry Bossop is on stage, and he's going to give us a display of daring and dexterity. He straps himself down to a table, once again in the huge metal shackles. They have those shackles like as a part of the prop department, because I swear, this is about the fourth or fifth episode now with the exact same metal shackles on oh, the arms sure. and legs. He was he was going to do the table of death. That's what the trick is called. Okay. So he gets strapped down to this table, uh, Dr. Frankenstein style. <laughs> uh, and then above him is there is a, a board with a bunch of spikes uh, coming down through it. And the one magician buddy of his asks, the, asks him, and he's like, hey, you sure you're going to be able to slip out of this? And he just like wanders off like oh hope you know what you're doing buddy <laughs> uh, yeah i didn't really seem to try and stop him whatsoever yeah and i mean they knew that he was suicidal so it's just like oh it looks like he might be really gonna kill himself <laughs> they pull the curtain across so then you can see like a backlighted silhouette of what's going on so barry boswick is strapped down to the table <laughs> he's thrashing about trying to get out the other dude, he lights uh, like a piece of, um, oh, like what's... Like a fuse, like you would fuse. have... A fuse, yeah, yeah, a fuse. I have to make a comment about that scene with Barry Boswick. That was an homage to him being in Rocky Horror Picture Show. I was wondering. That scene where yeah. Dr. The Doctor gets... Frank Inferter is bringing up the creature, whatever they call it. Well, them. no, not that. So when um, he's in bed with Barry Boswick... Remember the scenes are first he's in okay, bed with yeah. Susan Sarandon and it's all in silhouette. Then he goes the next scene is he's in bed with Barry Boswick and it's all in silhouette. Oh, okay. So that was is what it was an homage oh, to. Okay. Yeah. Neat. Uh, <laughs> <coughs> yeah, if you don't know Barry Boswick was in uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brad. he played Brad. So if you haven't seen that movie, uh, stop what you're doing and go do it. No, and don't stop what you're doing. F finish, finish listening this to this, then, then go watch Rocky <laughs> okay, Horror Picture fine. Show. Not the original, not the remake. Okay. Um, 
So you see this fuse burning up to this rope, and then obviously when this rope burns in half, then the whole board of spikes is going to drop down and squish him. And sure enough, in silhouette, that's what you see is that that fuse finally burns the rope, the rope drops the board, and he gets squished, and the spikes go right on through him. Now, right in those final moments, we see that initial drunk that was giving him a hard time he finally leaves the bar. <laughs> Stumbles out of the <laughs> later, you know, twelve hours later or whatever. Uh, then you see that uh, you see that Barry Boswick clearly didn't get out in time, and the spikes come down. Well, then we go back to that drunk outside the bar, and he uh, drops to the ground. We go back to inside, and they pull the curtain back, and there's Barry Boswick standing there taking a bow. He escaped just fine. But then we go back outside to that drunk guy, and now you can see bleeding through his shirt is a bunch of the stab wounds. Right. So I was like, oh, it looks like, you know, the damage got transferred from this guy to that guy. And then that's then finally the uh, opening graphic for the show. Pretty long o- intro. Yes, it is. I was uh, thinking about that, too, what was going on. It's like, my God, this is, I think, one of the longest intro scenes that we've had with Supernatural. Oh, Jesus. Oh, there we go. Got a dog barking. Harley. Hellhounds. Trying to wake up poor Nala, too. Oh. <laughs> Leave her alone. Let Nala sleep, you brute. Harley gets in these spells where she wants to play, so she'll just go up and bark at you. Yeah, yeah. Until you start she'll just bark at you until you give in to her brattiness. <laughs> All right. So we come back from uh, that opening graphic. We see fake Chris Angel is outside doing street magic. Which makes sense because that's a big part of his, you know, real Chris Angel's gimmick. Sam and Dean are walking across the street, kind of walk up to him, and Dean mentions, like, geez, this guy's a douchebag. <laughs> uh, Freak Chris Angel then, uh, he does a trick where he acts like he's possessed by a demon, and uh, he, like, he has the cards all shoot out of his hands, and then there's a card on the inside of the glass. It looked like a pretty cool trick to me. The boys wander off, though, and Dean thinks that it's all crap. He just has no respect for Chris, for fake Chris Angel or even real Chris Angel. It doesn't sound like at all. Sam tries to defend him. I guess he had a little bit of a magic bug back in the day. Uh, but Dean thinks that what they deal with is real, and that's crap, and there's really no need to pay any mind to it. <laughs> right. He um, even mentioned, you know, playing with stuff like, faking a demon possession he's like you know real magic that stuff will kill you that's got nothing to do with what we're dealing with here yeah did you ever go through a magic phase no i did for a couple years ended up with a big box of uh, some old magician that left it in a van that was sold to my uncle so i ended up with this big box of magician stuff so i was into it for about you know two years (laughs) (laughs) till i realized it wasn't going to get me any dates in the eighth grade (laughs) Yeah, no, I was not into excuse me, um, magic tricks or being a magician or anything like that. Never interested, yeah. Never right. interested. It was fun to watch on TV, but eh, that was about it. The worst, though, is when little kids come up to you and they want to show you a magic trick, and then it's clearly one of those little store-bought ones. It's uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, the cups and the balls. I wonder how that works. Jeez. Then you have to fake be excited that <laughs> yeah. they pulled the wool over your eyes, and how did they do it? Then you go and pull a quarter out of their ear, and they flip out and run in circles. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
so Sam and Dean, they show up at that, uh, the drunk magician, the, that guy that dropped dead. Uh, Sam and Dean shows are at the assistant's house. Uh, we get some information that the drunk was the drunk magician was not liked. He stole people's tricks all the time, so he's just basically a general jackass. Uh, Dean asks if she found anything weird uh, with this stuff, and she did. There was a tarot card <coughs> with a bunch of knives sticking out of someone in his pocket, and he did not like magic tricks. He didn't want cards anywhere near him. Thought it belittled the occupation when he's a big. <laughs> He's a big thief of tricks, which I thought was weird, but Yeah, for some reason he just hated card tricks. <laughs> Sorry, I swallowed my soda wrong and I feel like I'm gonna start coughing, so apologize. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the COVID there. is deep in this house. <laughs> yeah, it's not the COVID. We see uh Barry shows up at his friend's house. They're not they're all in a hotel, dude. They're oh, at a yeah, convention. Oh yeah, I keep saying house. Yeah. They're at a convention, this hotel in Iowa. <coughs> all right. Well Barry shows up at his friend's hotel room. And the friend immediately wants to know how that trick was done. How'd you do that? It seems like he's pretty worried about Barry and his mental health and he doesn't want him to do anything that gets him hurt. Uh then Barry's got this like he's got a you know, a smile on his face and a pep in his step. And he's like, check this out. And he pulls out three aces from the middle of a card deck. And he's like, I didn't used to be able to pull one out. Now I can pull three. And he tells his friend that he, tonight he's going to do a trick called the executioner. And is like, oh, you know, that's dangerous. Not even Houdini's. You're going to die. And then <laughs> he's like, nah, man, I got the knack now. By the way, check your pocket. And then there was the fourth heart from his little card trick before. So fourth ace. Fourth ace, I mean. So Barry's showing off that he's like somehow is now a master magician. Yes, I put Jay has his mojo back. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So he's able to do all these complex tricks. Fake Chris Angel is at, at the. Uh, they're in the they're in the theater or somewhere. They're filming someplace. I couldn't figure out if they're in a bar or what. But he's shooting footage, and uh, he goes to interview Jay, and then he, like, calls Jay by the wrong name or nothing. He's just basically acting like a dick to our our buddy there, Barry Boswick, playing Jay. <laughs> yes. Um, he just total douchebag. Dean asks if uh, he's missing the sword tarot card. Wait, you forgot. Dean was not talking to Jay. Dean was talking to Jay's friends, Vernon and Charlie. Ah, you're right. Okay, yeah, I didn't have that in my notes. So <laughs> Dean goes and talks to his other two buddies, asks if missing the sword tarot card. Dean asks for any leads. Those guys deny it and say, we don't deal with that stuff. Um, but here's a, here's a guy that might know something about that. And uh, so Dean... Uh, Ask for a lead, and then he's like, oh, by the way, you know, does, did this guy have a beef with the other guy? And he's like, oh, yeah, definitely. So go to this address and ask for chief. Next we see Dean walking down an alley. Uh, it's like a dark, crappy alley. And that's <laughs> the front door to this place. And neon lights, it's got the number of the place. I'm like, well, that's weird that the front door is in the back. But. Right, yeah, it was really strange. Um, door opens up. Dean asks to see chief. Dean gets led in and down into a basement. 
Dean's told to stay put. Don't touch anything. Dean's looking around. It's dark and spooky. Really couldn't see what was going on, though. It just looked like an empty room. Right. And then a door in the floor opens <laughs> up with, like, gold light pouring out of it and pounding techno music. And a man comes up with a cat of nine tails in leather domination gear. Yes, I put a large man comes out because he was, he was not a tiny guy. Yeah, the dude was like 6'5". I mean, he wasn't fat. He was just built. Yeah, and it looked like he was ready to do some partying <laughs> naked with some other fellas <laughs> around the same size. So this big Dom guy, uh, there's, a little, there's a couple of jokes back and forth because he's like, oh, I'm just looking for chief and then says something like, well, you found him or what was that, Penny, about the whole chief thing? Well, because he was told to ask for chief. Yeah, but then there was some sort of sexual joke in there. Uh, well, you can't. Chief find says, it. "No, I'm reading it." Chief says, "You're really going to get it tonight, big boy." And then Dean says, "There's been a misunderstanding. I think I've been had." And then Chief says, "Oh, you ain't been had until you've been had by Chief." And before we get started, what is your safe word? Yeah, yep. There we go. That was the exact conversation I was looking for. So. Dean then gets a uh, look on his face like he really doesn't want to be involved. And he's <laughs> probably, it looks slightly grossed out by it, too. Yes. Which, I don't know. You don't have to be grossed out. You can just be like, it's not for me. <laughs> um, back at the hotel room, Sam is studying, as always. Dean's off running around. And Sam's always back at the room reading or looking on the internet. Well, we all know Sam is the brains and Dean's the brawn. Ruby shows up at the door. And Ruby is super annoyed that Sam and Dean are just dicking around at this magic festival. Because 34 seals have already been broken. Over half of them. She thinks uh, Sam should go kill Lilith. Sam agrees, but not to, he's not going to use his psychic powers. That, that even kind of hinting at it seems to annoy him with Ruby. Ruby says that he should just admit how much he enjoys doing it, saying, you know, his psychic powers. And Ruby says, you know, if you don't do something, oh, there's going to be oceans of dead people are going to die. Right, because if Lilith is successful in opening the rest of the seals, then Lucifer would get out of hell or wherever he's supposed to be. And yes, lots and lots of dead people because of that. We see Sam at the bar. Dean shows up and says that he really has no info that he cares to share or talk about or even ever remember. <laughs> yes, he's trying to forget all about Chief. <laughs> we see Barry's two friends, Jay, I mean, his two friends fretting over him doing this trick tonight. Sam and Dean though, walk up to those guys and Dean confronts him about the whole Chief thing. And he's like, hey, you know, we know that you're con men. It's for magicians, for crying out loud. It takes more than a fake ID to fool us. So, yes, he was deliberately sent off on a wild goose chase. <laughs> so then to kind of keep the lie going, though, Dean says, well, we're actually kind of aspiring magicians and kind of hoping to get some, some pointers and some tips. <laughs> Which is dumb. Like, you already pretended to be one person. Now you're going to pretend to be another person. I know. Well, he couldn't at this point say, oh, okay, you're right. We're Ghostbusters, and someone's doing some bad hoodoo here, and um, we're going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> probably just avoid those people for the moment. <laughs> uh, Barry is back on stage, and he's getting ready to do the executioner trick. 
Fake Chris Angel's hanging out in his hotel room with all the lights out, listening to music. Barry is, uh, he gets in a straight jacket, and he's in a noose, and he's got one minute or some seconds, something or other. There's some sort of countdown for him to get out of that or he gets hung. Back at Fake Chris Angel's hotel room, we see a rope uh, that he has as a prop for something. It starts snaking around. Like crawls up the wall, across the ceiling, down around the ceiling fan, and drops over his neck. We see Barry's time running out. Uh-oh, Barry gets hung. Same time Barry gets hung, we see fake Chris Angel get <laughs> yanked up into the ceiling fan and get hung himself. Dean thinks this trick is amazing, and Sam doesn't see how this is humanly possible because Barry is just fine. Yes, he escaped once again right... <laughs> As it looked like he didn't escape. <laughs> yeah. It looked I, like he really, you know, like that he went down and hung. And yeah, what happens is the lights flip. So when the trick is happening and then right up to when he dies, the, like it's all backlit. But then as soon as he gets killed off or whatever, then the lights flip to the front so you don't see the back shadow. And then he just comes through the curtains perfectly fine. Right. Um, so then it's uh, commercial time. And back from there... Uh, we're back at the hotel room, and Sam and Dean are doing some research on Barry's background. Come, or Jay's background. Come to find out he was big in the 70s. And then there's a whole side conversation. Dean wants to uh, die before he gets old. Sam asks if he thinks they, are, they will not be fighting demons anymore when they're old. And Dean figures that everything will end up uh, bloody and sad. No matter what, that's just how life is. Sam wonders, though, is there a way that we can just win this and put it all to an end? And then Sam's like, we just cut off the head of the snake. And then Dean reminds him, well, there's a thousand heads. And uh, as soon as we cut off one, just more evil bitches will pile out of the Volkswagen, <laughs> as he put it. Right. But Dean never sees an end to the fight. Well, he's been doing it a lot more, too. He probably thought that there was going to be an end plenty of times. Right. Yeah, so Dean has been doing this um, since he was a young child with John, where Sam was kind of kept back from it and didn't really start hunting until uh, Dean showed up at his college dorm when their father was missing. Um, so, yeah, Dean's like, oh, it's going to end bloody and sad. That's just the way it is for hunters. We don't usually grow old gracefully. Sam brings up, well, there's Bobby. And Dean's like, not exactly a sterling example of <laughs> growing up gracefully, growing old gracefully or something like that. Okay, so we, then there's a change of scene, and Dean is at the scene of the hanging. He's, like, down in the hotel lobby or something like that. Right. Um, he knows that the uh, fake Chris Angel was a douchebag the day before, too. Uh, to our buddy Barry, playing Jay. And Dean did a little sleight of hand of his own and found another card in his pocket. And it was a card with a noose on it or someone hanging, something like that. Right, it was a hangman's tarot card that was in the pocket of um, the magician that was killed. So the boys figure that what's going on is these tarot cards are black magic and they're being transferred to people, you know, by having them slipped in their pockets or something like that. Basically trading their lives for those tricks. Of course, 
Suspect number one is Barry, Jay. <laughs> so the boys go and track him down. They kick in his door, pull a gun on him. And he says, hey, you know, they're like, hey, we know all about the cards. Barry looks confused, denies it. The boys tell him, you know, the other guy died. At this point, uh, Barry's face changes from, like, scared to be shot himself to, like, bewilderment. As I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, he had no idea that fake Chris Angel was dead. And at this point of the conversation, the boys figure that this isn't black magic, and he probably knows nothing, because if he did, they'd be fighting by now, which is always funny when the boys jump the gun and, you know, they've done this a couple of times where they bust in on someone totally not involved or have any idea. They got to quickly, like, back battle. What was funny about this one is, though, they were actually having an entire conversation about, oh, well, you know, if it's not him, and who is it, and how are they doing it, and all that stuff. Yeah, the boys are talking about uh, what to do, what's going on. The camera pans around then and reveals a chair with just a whole bunch of ropes limp in it. So obviously they had him tied up in the chair and he slipped away. <laughs> uh, the boys take off looking for him outside the room, but we see that Barry is just in the closet. <laughs> he peeks out. Yeah, Barry comes out of the closet, folks. Well, immediately, though, the cops show, the cops, I guess, are there already for the hanging. And Barry comes down the stairs, points, him, points out the two boys, and just yells, Yes, officer, those are the guys that just broke into my room. So even if he didn't call the cops, there were cops on site. So I guess that's who he'd point it to. Because at first, I'm like, Wow, Barry called 911, and they responded quick. Well, that's what I was assuming, too, but you're right. They did come awfully quick, but they probably were in the area because of the hanging. They were there for the hanging. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next day, we see uh, our friend Barry Boswick playing the role of Jay is talking to his friend, uh, telling him what the boys said. And Barry looks like he's starting to believe their story because he finds all of the, cir the coincidences really odd. Barry doesn't want to perform anymore that night, but the friend points out, you know, are you crazy? You got a sold-out house. You're doing gangbusters. Um, Barry then admits to him, he goes, uh, the other night, that table of death act, that, I meant to kill myself, and I don't know how I survived. And then this friend's like, well, this is just an amazing gift. Don't throw it away. <laughs> uh, so, once again, we see Barry is doing his act. And it's the table of death again. Uh, the guy, his friend, lights the uh, fuse on the rope on fire. It burns up. The spikes drop. Once again, can't, Barry walks out through the uh, curtains. He's perfectly fine. But then we hear a scream from the back. Barry runs to the back. And his friend is dead. His friend Charlie is dead with the same spiky blood marks that the first drunk guy had. Oh, my God. <laughs> his friend died. Yes. His friend, um, it, you keep calling them spikes, but to me they look more like actual swords. Okay. But it, I guess it doesn't that. matter. But you know, when way, they show them, when they show the spikes, I think that they look like spikes, but then the wounds always look like sword wounds. So right. It confused me. I might have just not seen it properly. Yes, I put Charlie is dead on the floor with stab wounds. And also those spikes are always red, like they're dripping with blood even before they're used. Right. Even in the very first one before they were used, I was like, man, who's been in this thing before? <laughs> well, I would hope and you if would it think was blood, they would have cleaned it up. Yeah, you'd think they'd scrub those things down <laughs> so Barry's blood wasn't all over it for the next act. 
or something. <laughs> You're gonna get hepatitis like that, <laughs> man. Sharing sharing swords. The swords were just red in color. <laughs> Is that what they were? Yes. They were just okay. Yes. <laughs> well, they look like they're dripping in blood. Um, the boys then show up at a diner. They thank uh, Jay. I'll just call him Jay from now on. I won't be a jerk. Uh, they thank Jay for dropping the charges, and they ask why. And uh, Jay says, hey, we need to talk. So instead of hanging out at the diner, the three of them go to another bar and start talking about what happened. There is a lot of bar hopping in this episode. There is, but you have to consider it's at a, you know, it's a convention, convention yeah. and that's what people do with you know, they're probably, there's probably a bar where they're performing and a bar, another separate bar where, when they're not performing that people go to. Yeah, the so. convention center might have one or two. The hotel they're going to stay in is going to have one or two. Exactly. All those places are right nearby with a lot of other bars right nearby, those places. So, yeah, it makes sense. They're, it's convention time. Uh, okay, so uh, they're, they're at someplace else talking about what happened. And Sam says that whatever who whoever is doing this, uh, whatever's causing this, it, it likes you. And asks, did the other two get along? And come to find out they didn't. Uh, but he doesn't think, you know, the other guy, what, it's Charlie, and what was the other guy's name? Vernon. Yeah, they Vernon. asked if, actually, um, they need to talk about Charlie. Yeah, they asked if Charlie and Vernon got along. I don't think Jay didn't say anything, but just Jay's like, Vernon couldn't, wouldn't do anything like this. No, it didn't sound like they got along. Okay. Yeah. I, I didn't think they got along, but he did say, though, he, even though they didn't see eye to eye on things, doesn't think that he'd kill him, though, or right. know, lay some real magic on him. And Dean has the warning, though. Magic is like crack. Once you try it, you'll really like it. So now we know why Dean doesn't want Sam to be using his psychic powers because right. he's going to end up relying on him. So that gives away that side of the story here. Uh, Barry says uh, that they better be sure about what he what they're impl implement implicating, implying. Impl <laughs> Yeah, they're, what they're, they better be sure about what they're saying. They're basically, Vernon's the one into black magic and now bumped their, his buddy Charlie off <clears throat> for his own career. Well, we see that guy, Vernon. Uh, he's watching TV. He gets a call in his hotel room. He gets a call, and he's like, yep, I'll meet you down there. So he leaves his hotel room, obviously, to go down, you know, meet up with someone and we see sam and dean they're in the hall they spot him and they sneak into his room well vernon also when he was on the phone with jay he's like yeah i'll be right down i have something i need to tell you anyway so at this point i'm thinking oh he's gonna confess yeah yep you're right so we see that vernon guy walks into the theater uh, it's empty um and then uh, Barry is there, and he confronts Vernon about using real magic. Vernon denies it, but uh, Barry slash Jay just keeps going. And is like, no, you know, there all these things. I know you did it. Right then, a young guy pops up behind them. He's like, hey, I think you're looking for me, or he says something like that. And back at the hotel room, in Vernon's hotel room, the boys find nothing but a bunch of old stuff 
And oddly enough, a picture of Charlie when he was young, but it was like on an old, old uh, uh, vaudeville poster. Right, it looked like uh, Barnum days, P.T. Barnum days. Yeah, old va- uh, yeah that, that era of traveling show days. Well, back onto the stage uh, where they're all talking. Uh, we find out very quickly that the young guy is Charlie. He's got kind of the same um, birthmark over his eye. Mm-hmm. And young Charlie just spills his guts. He's like, yeah, uh, back when I worked for Barnum, he gave me a book of real magic. Yeah, he has a witch's grimoire. Uh, Barry calls him out for killing those other people to uh, make it all work. Uh, But young Charlie pretty much thinks that Barry's being silly about it and really should really take advantage of the opportunity. Right. He's like, those guys are asses to you. What do you care if they're dead? Yeah, and Charlie says uh, he'll always be there for that, him. He always has been. Charlie then offers him immortality. Uh, but Barry turns him down. Jay turns him down. Jay turns him down, but I I think Vernon was kind of like, he was yes. considering it. Vernon, Vernon was considering Vernon it. Was, Vernon had his ears open to these opportunities. Uh, because then uh, Jay asks, you know, what is the price for all of this? How many people will need to die? You know, he, he knows that it's evil and wrong. Sam and Dean show up. They make a, uh, a cocoon joke, which is pretty funny. <laughs> you know the premise of that movie. It's just about a bunch of old people wanting to stay young forever. Um, Sam and Dean, tell, you know, show up and tell them not so fast. But this guy must be a pretty powerful magician because a rope comes down, grabs Dean by the neck, pulls him up. Sam goes and tries to shoot young Charlie in the head, but Charlie just catches the bullet because catching a bullet's a magic trick. And uh, Charlie then starts teleporting all around Sam and easily pushes Sam down into that uh, table of death trick. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, though, Charlie stops and then we see uh, camera pans over to Jay, and we see that Jay stabbed himself. Charlie, Charlie falls over, and he's then got a big bloody stab wound in his belly. All of the other magic spell stuff stops, breaks. Sam and Dean are fine. They get up. They uh, make sure each other's okay. They look up at Jay, and Jay looks really, really sad. And Jay pulls out of a card out of his pocket. Somehow he made this all happen with a card. Right, he just did to Charlie what Charlie was doing to other people. Although, what's strange is, when Charlie did it, he put the card on his victim, whereas Jay pulled the card out of his pocket. So he... Which makes no sense. Exactly, it makes no sense, but whatever. <coughs> but yes, I put Charlie's dead, uh, Sam and Dean are released, and everything is kosher. We see Barry at... Back at the bar uh, with his deck of cards, pretty much how it opened up. The boys walk in and thank him for what he did yesterday. And Barry's like, why? I killed my best friend and you want to thank me? Yeah. By the way, my other friend, he split yesterday after what happened. Uh, I don't think I'm ever going to see him again, so that sucks. Dean assures him, though, you did the right thing, man. And Barry wonders if he did, since he was offered a gift and he basically threw it back in his face. And now he has to live out the rest of his life old and alone. I thought it, oh, I'm sorry. I, was like, I thought it was kind of crappy that Vernon left him because 
Yeah, Vernon was tempted, but really, how, look at how many more people would have had to have died just for them to get their immortality, like Charlie. It's like he hey didn't man, consider Vernon that. went through a lot that day. He had nothing to do with any of this, and <laughs> if all of a sudden you got a bunch of screwball friends doing real magic on each other, I'd probably put some distance. Probably. I guess. I don't know. There's no problem in uh, 3,000 miles on a phone call <laughs> with that one. Uh, he leaves his cards behind, tells the bartender to throw his cards away. Dean says he wants a beer. Sam says he wants to go for a walk. Then we see Sam hop into Ruby's car and say, yes, I'm in. I don't want to do this one. I'm an old man. The end. The end. So kind of an interesting episode because it really, a lot of it overlaid the emotions that uh, Jay and... Uh, was going through, you know, is a lot of things that Sam and Dean are going through. So they overlaid the larger story arc, just kind of the emotional part of it, and they're thinking of it in with this episode, which I dug. Didn't have much to do with it, but it gave us gave us some more perspective on where the, their heads are at. Right, and yeah, because of the fact that they don't want to be certainly hunting demons and ghosts and all that other crap when they're in their 60s. I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to keep up with that sort of lifestyle. It's time to move to the villages, man, <laughs> when yeah. you're 60. Yeah. Um, interesting note on this show, the actor that played young Charlie was the son of the actor that plays old, played older Charlie. Well, that's neat. Yeah, it was John and Michael Rubenstein. John played the father, Michael played the son, or played young Charlie. <laughs> Do you think they're a father-son acting group that they, they do this a lot? They're like, man, do you need a dad and a son? Because we got a pair for you. We look real similar. <laughs> no, no. Um, I don't think so. Or do you need a, a person and a younger version, a person <laughs> and an older version? <laughs> we got the plan for you. Yeah. Two-for-one deal just today. Yeah, maybe they two-for-one offers <laughs> on all acting gigs. Um. Other than that, I mean, there was real magic in here. The, uh, do we ever find out what happens to that book with the real magic? Did the boys secure it? You think they'd have wanted to grab onto that and hold it? You're right. They never did mention what happened to the grimoire, but I'm assuming that hopefully they grabbed it. Or it should go into Bobby's, you know, <coughs> library at least. Definitely, definitely, something that they could rely on later should they need it. You yeah, know. except, you know, every time you do that, then there's bad consequences somewhere else, right? Right, right because uh, the spell that uh, Charlie was using was called a transference spell, so that's why Jay was able to get out of those, um, what do I want to call it, those tricks, whatever, without a scratch, and then the wounds that he should have gotten, or the hanging that he should have gotten, transferred to another person. And obviously Charlie had to make sure three people died, well, two people, including himself, for him to become younger again. Interesting. Um, uh, so do you have anything else then to add? I, I really don't. I mean, I think we've talked about tarot cards before. We've talked about black magic, you know. Right, right. We're not really sure if you can say a specific series of words in a row to make something happen somewhere else that seems a little far-fetched no um only thing i have is our body count is three um four if you consider the fact that charlie died twice <laughs> yeah that's true and the day night i'm saying that it happened at least a week because it's like seemed like one day they were in the bar then the next 
before you knew it, it was night, and they're doing their act, and then it's the next day, and it's light out. Kind of like almost a week went by. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every time he did the act, you know, that was a new day. So there's at least three there, plus the first day and the last day, when and the last day he said that it happened the night before. Right. And then there was no... Yeah, this is like a good six days, if not seven. Exactly. A whole week in, uh, you know, magic week in Iowa. <laughs> Do you, I, what were Sam and Dean doing there in the first place? Did they just figure out we should show up? Something weird's bound to happen? I think they heard about the first magician that, that died. Because, yeah, that was it. Because Dean made the comment that he had those stab wounds and yet didn't have any holes in his shirt. Oh, okay. So they knew someone was doing some sort of magic. Okay. Cool. So what's the next episode? Oh, the next episode. Let me bring this up. After School Special, Season 4, Episode 13. Ooh, fun. Do you remember the After School Specials? Yes, I do. They were always about don't get pregnant, don't do drugs, don't... Drink alcohol. Yeah. Because they would show you like a story of someone whose life went miserably wrong when they did those <laughs> things, and then it got better when they stopped. Exactly. The one I saw that was the worst, it, it was just like, oh, I, don't, I think these things might be kind of silly. It was, I remember one, this must have been like 87, after school special, and it was about the high school jock who did coke. <laughs> the football player who was whizzed up on coke all the time, and I'm like... I really don't think I'm going to run into this issue in high school. <laughs> no, not where we went to high school anyway. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, uh, these things probably are as silly as some people think they are. <laughs> uh, okay, fun. So we will uh, check that out. Hopefully there's a good moral for us to follow so that we uh, don't wreck our lives and we can... Uh, Get into a good college when we graduate high school, like ABC wants us to. <laughs> That's right. And that was a network that it was on, right? The ABC After School Special? I think you're right, yes. Yeah. That, that sounds about right. Should, those must be available someplace. You should go back and watch one or two and see if they're just as cornball as I think they are. Right. I'm sure we could go on our smart TV and look up after school specials or something like that. Yeah. Unless there's, you know, someone nowadays doing them with real messages, ruining it for everyone. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. You can come on over and chat with us there. We have an excellent website called coupleofidgets.com where you can comment on every, uh, every episode as well as listen to them right there on the webpage. Or we do have information on how to connect your podcast listener because we stream on all the major platforms including Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, pretty much anything else you need. I've, uh, I think that's about it for us. Yes, I don't have anything more to add. Brilliant. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.